Good evening and welcome to the ride that is Straight Talk with Andrea Joyce. Thank you for joining me this evening. I really appreciate your support. I am over the moon. So you know I'm the author of 31 Ways to Self-Care and 5 Steps to Overcoming Unforgiveness. Well, last week, I was blessed to birth a third book, written and self-published. It is called Seeing Past the Storm. It is a book of testimonies. I share my story, my life. I open up my life to you, to the readers, so they get to know things that I went through. It's not a tell-all book. It's not a memoir. It's a book of testimonies because not only do I share the valley situations, I also share how God provided me opportunities, areas, circumstances to overcome those valley situations. So you can purchase Seeing Past the Storm on my website, which is www.authorandreajoyce.com. You can purchase it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Amazon, you can get the paperback or Kindle edition. Barnes and Noble, you can get the paperback or Nook edition. Thank you so much for your support. I think it'll be a blessing. My life has blessed me, even with the ups and downs. It has certainly blessed me. So this evening, I am out and about, excuse me. I wanted to talk to you about life. Being that I birthed a book about life, I wanted to talk about life this evening. How we can make it a little less hectic, how we can make it more full, how we can start living abundantly, because that is my desire for each and every listener each and every reader, each and every person in my life, I want everyone to have abundant life. And what do I mean by that? I don't mean that there will never ever be any issues or any problems. I'm not saying that you will not suffer from sickness, uh, unfortunately death from those that you love or maybe lost to a relationship or in a possession, a job or anything like that. But with abundant living, What it is, is that the focus is not on the negative, but rather on the positive, the things that you have, the things that are going well. Once you start focusing or refocusing your thinking, it's a true statement that you begin to pull more positivity to you. Once you release negativity, you understand that negative things don't sit well in your arena. They they don't sit well. They're not comfortable being where you are. People will start complaining, oh, you're not who you used to be. Remember, we used to hang out. Remember, we used to drink. Remember, we used to do this. Remember, they'll rehearse your whole past life and make it sound like you are only supposed to be in that part of life, that you're not supposed to grow, that you're not supposed to mature. So I wanted to share with you this evening that you are able to grow past it. You are able to grow up. You are able to mature past 
past indiscretions, past circumstances, past situations. You can grow past it. And I'm here to cheer you on this evening so that you would seek to grow. You know, there's a saying that eagles cannot be around turkeys because turkeys congregate on the ground. They can't fly where an eagle flies high. And usually an eagle is by him or herself. An eagle is a loner going all the way up in the sky, looks down to see what it wants. And until it finds the perfect thing for it to eat, it will stay up and fly. And then once it spots its prey, it comes down at rapid speed, snatches it up and enjoys itself over a good meal. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that not to tell you that you're going to be a loner, but in most cases, if you do not associate with other eagles and you are an eagle and you exhibit eagle behavior, there are going to be people that are shaken off of you, shaken out of your life, taken away. It's called the purge. That's what, what I call it. And you'll notice that the purge begins happening right when you put your mind, because it's all about your mindset, right? Right when you set your mind to new things and accomplishing some things and actually taking footsteps towards it, you notice people begin to act a little different towards you. They may not say things with their words, but their actions, all of a sudden they're too busy. They don't have time to talk about you. They don't have time to consider you. They want to talk about themselves. And when you can't give them the full attention, they get attitude-ish and decide they don't want to associate with you right now, or they find reasons not to. They'll tell you, oh, don't tell me that garbage. I don't want to hear that. Or you are always promoting your book, or you don't have anything else to discuss about life besides that. Well, listen, like-minded people, eagles of a feather, they do flock together because you do get together and you begin talking about uplifting things. You uplift each other. That's not to say life will be easy. You will still have situations and circumstances. It's just the way that you look at it. You know that you have a mission and you must accomplish it. So you don't have a three-week pity party like you used to. You may have a pity party for a day or two. And after that, you shake it off and say, let me get back to work. You don't procrastinate like you used to. Yeah, you might have moments where you know you're supposed to be doing X, Y, Z, but you're not. And after a day or two, you say, okay, listen, I need to get back to doing what it is I need to do because you want to change. You want a lifestyle change. You want a financial change. You want a relationship change. You want change in your life. And you know the only way to get that change is if you change yourself, if you change your mindset, if you change the things that you do. Otherwise, you're going to continue on the same hamster wheel, the same merry-go-round you had already been on. Last week, I watched The Wiz, one of my very favorite movies, and there's so many messages in it, but I just want to focus on one thing. When Michael Jackson, who was playing the Scarecrow, was on 
the uh ah, i don't even know what you call it the thing that scarecrows hang on um i want to say a cross but it, it really wasn't a cross but it, it was a cross at the same time when he was hanging there right with the crows and they were talking to him dorothy came up scattered the crows scattered the negative sayers the negative people the negative talk that was coming into his life and she got him down and allowed him to start walking when he first walked, he couldn't because he had been stuck up on that pole for so long that, you know, his limbs were not limber. So the crows were sitting there laughing at him. And I'll talk about that in a moment because that that shed a lot of insight for what I want to talk about. But in that, he got down, he walked, and my favorite song, okay, I can't say if it's my favorite song of the movie, my second favorite song of the movie, You Can't Win, he began singing it. And for the first time ever, I've sang this song since I was like seven, six, eight, whenever the movie came out. For the first time, I heard the words to a part. And I don't know what I was singing before, but he said, you can't win if your story stays the same. And that was so powerful, he knocked me off the bed. I was like, oh my gosh. Where was this 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Where was this, these words that I needed to hear before now? Well, they weren't there. But you can't win if your story stays the same. If you stay in the same place, in the same position, in the same atmosphere, in the same environment, in the same mindset, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get the same result. How is it going to be a different result if you continually do the same thing, the same way, the same time with the same people? It's always going to be the same. And so when I heard that, it tripped me out because in order for there to be change in your life, you've got to make some changes. You've got to change. First of all, your mindset is the biggest thing that needs to change because you have to decide today, I want a better life. I want a more abundant life. And then when you get to that hunger and that thirst for a change, for something different, then you have to decide, how am I going to make it different? No, what am I going to make different? Let's start there. There's no how without knowing what. What am I going to make different in my life? Am I going to go back to school? Do I want a college education? Do I want another degree? Am I going for a certification because there's a position at my job I want and I need to go ahead and train for it? So I want a different position. Do I not want to go to school? I've been going to school, but I decided the area of life that I want to change, I don't need school for. Do I want a new position? Do I want a new job? Do I want to stop working and open up my own business? Do I want to be in a different area of work? So you have to begin having different mindsets, right? And then you have to decide what it is you want to change. Is it a relationship? Is it a friendship? Is, a, is it a family connection? What do you want to change? And once you get into your mind what you want to change, now we get to the how. I tried to jump ahead. And I know we talked about purpose before, but now I want to spotlight the changes that need to be made in order for you to have a different life. So now your how. 
how am I going to execute what I've been thinking? How am I going to execute changing my life? That's what you need to begin thinking about. And now you make some changes in your thinking. Before you ever execute anything into action, you've got to think what needs to be executed and how you're going to do it. So you need to have a plan. Don't go willy-nilly because if you go willy-nilly about it, it may not work. But we need to do some constructive planning, things that are realistic. We cannot do things that don't make sense. I want to change my life. I want to become the CEO of Coca-Cola. So I'm just going to walk in there, throw on my resume and say, hey, I'm the new CEO. Does not work like that. We need to do some constructive planning. So first, think about how you're going to do it. What? Is, okay, so let's say you do want to be the CEO of Coca-Cola. What do you need to do? Once you find the steps that you need to take in order to secure that position, do you need um, a letter of recommendation? Do you need to update your resume? Do you need to get some attractive um, interview wear, some suits, some shoes? What about your hair? Is it nice and neat and tidy? And I don't mean, okay, let me qualify that. I don't mean it has to look a certain way, like you can't have natural hair because you know I have natural hair. I have locks. But if they're sticking straight up in the air, they may not take you seriously as the next CEO. So you might just want to um, brush them down or just make them look a neat. Don't change it. But you want to go representing your best self. Right. And so once you know the steps that you need to take to execute this next step of life, then I would say from me also have people around you that are going to have your back. The reason why I say this and why at this point it's important because we talk ourselves out of a lot. We talk ourselves out of making a big, humongous, huge change because we feel we don't qualify. And because we feel like we don't qualify, as soon as there may be a hiccup in the road, we quit. So it's great to have people around us that can push us and allow us to be better and to do better. So we want people around us that say, you can be the CEO. So the um, interview is three weeks off and now you have butterflies in your stomach. That's fine that you have butterflies in your stomach and that you're nervous and all of that. However, you can do it. You got this. You were built for this. You were made for this. You need those positive people around you. You need to be that positive person. But can I be realistic with you? It's not all the time that we have positivity. We would love to say we celebrate ourselves and we big ourselves up all the time. Unfortunately, it doesn't always happen that way. There are times that we are our worst haters. Can I be honest? The enemy sometimes is in a me, inside of me. I can be my own worst enemy. I don't need um, a demonic force, a demon. I don't need um, 
hater outside of me because I can tear myself down better than anybody else. So if you know that you can talk yourself out of things, if you know that you're not always positive, if you know that you might give up, have people around you that are going to push you to excel, that are going to push you to take that big, humongous step. You want that person to be in your life, right? So now you know what you want to do, how you're going to execute it, the steps necessary to take. You've got your cheerleading squad going. Now go for it. And hear me clearly, even if you fall, even if you fail, it's okay. Because guess what? You tried it. And now if it doesn't come to pass, I want you to sit down and have a talk with yourself and let yourself know not to give up. Try it again. But what didn't work and what did work? Once you have always have a notebook and pen and I'm really bad right now because I'm out running an errand without a notebook and pen and so tisk on me shame shame on me have a notebook and pen with you right and start thinking about what went well with your new idea with your new opportunity and what went wrong this way when you execute again you know okay I should not have said or I should not have done, or I should not have gone to, or blah, 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 whatever it was. And don't beat yourself up because you did it. This was a learning experience. It's very hard for me, but it's a true statement. When we have losses, don't take them as losses, take them as learning experiences. I used to hate hearing that so much. I hated it because I was like, hell, it hurts. If we're going to be real about this thing, let's be real about this thing. I was embarrassed. I fell on my face. People laughed at me. People didn't take me seriously. People um, didn't know what you know I was doing and, and they looked at me like I was crazy. And you know, pride got in the way. My pride was like, oh, no, no, my friend. You are embarrassing us. You're an embarrassment to us. Don't try this again. Please don't do this in front of people. And I hated it. However, it's an honest statement that we learn lessons. Can I share a truth with you, a truism right now? I remember I used to do truisms and I'm going to start back. When I first rolled out with Faith in Me Productions, I was so gung-ho because I knew I had great material. Not only did I have great material, I had great people around me, great staff, right? Not only did I have great staff, (laughs) I had great actors, phenomenal actors. Like you see these actors in different things now, and I'm just, I already knew because they had it in them, right? I had people who were sewing in venues and equipment and time and talent and I knew I was like with all of these wins and these positive things there's no way I could lose there's no way I could fail there's no way I could fall but guess what happened I fell I failed (laughs) both things happened in front of the world like the world was watching, okay, not like 8 billion or 7 billion people were watching, but people who were close to me who were expecting great things were watching. 
and I didn't produce. Now we've had successes. Don't get me wrong, but the big things that I'm supposed to have been doing didn't get accomplished. And I was frustrated. I walked away from production twice. Now, people think I've walked away this time. It's not that. I was given another uh, assignment for right this moment, writing the books. But we're still doing production. We're planning it. Where I went wrong was that, you know how, unless uh, we're going to be real, right? You know how you have a gifting or a calling or an assignment or a purpose but you don't believe. So instead of you rolling out in it, you get try to give it to people. You take away ownership of the very thing that God blessed you with. I kind of did that. In taking away my ownership, I lost my voice. And when I lost my voice, things were not done the way that I wanted them to be done. And then guess what happened? I grabbed back ownership. And when I grabbed back ownership, I did it the wrong way because now I was crazy with it. Um, Give it to me. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I won't share the toy. I won't share the gift. I won't share the production. I won't share. And I went a little crazy. And so I say this to you to tell you that when you don't know who you are, When you don't know your power, when you lose your voice, or when you don't even know you have a voice, you give away things that belong to you, and then you will lose. It's it's not a thing of, oh, I lost my voice, I don't have my power, I can still make this work. How can you? If you've given away your jewel, your gem, how can you make it work? And so for me, It was a loss because production is my baby. Writing, directing, producing, those are heartbeats of mine too. Like I have heartbeats for the people I love and I also have heartbeats for the things I love. That's that's what I wanna do. I eat, sleep, breathe production. Like I love it. I love seeing my words come to life on stage and on screen. You see how animated I am it's because I love it and so for me to fail at it hurt me because it's the thing I love it's like when you love someone and they walk away from you you know that first heartache well that's what I felt but not only that I had pride because people were watching and I fell right in front of them and I could just hear the laughters and the conversation about <laughs> that's what she gets. You know, you you know, you make up all these things, even though it probably was real. I didn't really hear it. And so I was on the arena with the opportunity to do the thing I loved with all the right things, the right people, the right material, the right content, the right equipment, the right venues. And I still fell because I didn't know my power. I didn't understand my assignment. And so I fell in front of people and it hurt. But listen to this. Once I got over my hurt and it took years, I want to be honest and clear. It took years for me to get past the embarrassment, the heartbreak, the heartache, the pity party, the I can't do it. I give up. I quit. It took me years to get past that. And once I got past that, 
Then I began analyzing what happened. And as I analyzed what happened, what went what went wrong, how it went wrong, I began examining myself. And not only did I examine myself and saw where I was slacking and lacking and how, <laughs> I also saw some wins. I was also able to see, okay, so it wasn't all a total loss because we did accomplish A, B, C, and D. Okay, so I'm not going to just beat myself down only. Let me uplift myself that we did accomplish this. We did have this win. This went okay. This went all right. So now I know for the next time, listen to me, when the next time happens, I know not to do this, but to do that. And okay, I know my strength. I know my power. I know my talent. I know my pluses that I have for myself personally. And that matters. This is why I'm telling it to you because guess what? We're not produce um we're not done producing. The crazy thing is I opened a second production company because I want Faith in Me Productions to be my play arena, my stage play area. So all my stage plays will be produced by Faith in Me Productions. But my TV and film, I want them to come out of another area. And that's when Lens was created. Legacy Entertainment Networks. That's going to be film and TV. So in order that I opened another production company, lets me know, lets you know, I'm not giving up. And this time, I have some great information. And I have the great information because I tried it and I failed at it. So it is a life lesson. It is a lesson learned. Now, am I going, am I saying that now when I do it, I will never have a hiccup or a bump in the road? Nope, I'm not telling you that because then I would be lying. However, I am saying that it won't be like last time. I've got some good information, some great information that will allow me to now do it differently. And because I'm making changes, I should see some changes. And that's what we're talking about this evening, making life changes. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to The Ride, Straight Talk with Andrea Joyce. So we're talking about living abundantly and making some changes that are necessary in order to walk in abundant living. I wanted to share with you a story, not a story, but a part that also stuck out to me in The Wiz. I know I said I wasn't going to talk much about it. However, when I was talking to you in the last segment, I realized there is another part that um, stood out to me. So Michael was getting off the pole, right? The scarecrow was getting off the pole. And as he got down, Dorothy was helping him. And the crows that had kept him up on the pole were, you know, sitting around teasing and laughing. He gets down and he falls or stumbles, slips, slides, and they laugh. And they're like, see, 
basically they're like see told you now get back up on the pole you tried it it didn't work be careful of having people around you that are waiting for you to stumble that are waiting for you to fall they may not laugh in your face what they'll do is say okay you tried it it didn't work now go back to your nine to five now go back to your position Now go back to life before you had this big, crazy dream of starting whatever it is that you're starting or trying to start. Be mindful that there are going to be people around you. And it's not that they're jealous of you. It's not that they're envious of you or your position. It's not any of that. What it is, is they're comfortable with you being where you were. They've gotten used to you being in a place where you used to be. They're used to you being an admin. They're used to you being uh, the VP. They're used to you being the whatever it is that you are. But now that you're on this new venture, they're not used to you being in that light. They're not used to you trying to be in that position. So for their comfort, They're good with you as long as you stay in the box they placed you in. They're good as long as you don't go beyond what their expectation of you is. A lot of us grew up with parents who wanted us to be doctors or lawyers or a a field that um, was uh, set, you know, where you were. Hmm, how can I say this? You are guaranteed a job. You are guaranteed steady income. You are guaranteed benefits. And we grew up with that. And a lot of us traded what we really loved, traded what we wanted to do for a comfortable seat somewhere where we knew wherever we went, we could find a career, a job, a position. A lot of us didn't technically follow our hearts. Now, that's not to say everybody. There are many people walking in the thing, working in the thing that they want to do. But for some of us, we didn't even follow our path. We followed our parents' path. And so because of it, we have gotten used to the routine of life, the rut, the merry-go-round, the just clocking in, clocking out of life because this is our lot in life. That's how we feel. And we're not going after the things that we actually love, the things that are actually placed within us. So then we have people around us who are used to us being this way, a certain way. They can count on us to do their taxes every year. They can count on us baking that bread every week. They can count on us. But now you put a hiccup in the game You throw um, a cog into the wheel because now you're doing something different. It's not that they're jealous of you. Now, there are going to be some people who are, especially those who have not walked into their dreams, giftings, and, and callings. But there are also going to be people who are negative around you because... They don't want the cog in the wheel. They don't want you to interrupt their life. They don't want you to interrupt your life. They don't want the change for you because sometimes when you change, you call other people to change because you do things differently. You cause other people to do things differently. Like they're used to you being there to take them to their doctor appointment every week, but now you're not available. So now this shifts them because now they have to do something different. 
or they're used to you always um, doing their paperwork for work. But now you got your own thing. So now they actually got to work for themselves. They got to do it on their own. And so your changing is not going to be comfortable for some of the people around you. I want you to be comfortable with that knowledge. I want you to be comfortable with the thought that everyone's not going to celebrate my change. Everyone's not going to be a proponent for my change, but I have to change anyway. Even if everybody is against me, I have to be willing to trust God and believe what he poured into me and what he's trying to get out of me. Because here's the thing, when you're not walking in your purpose, you are not helping other people who need you. You do realize you are here at this present time for a purpose. Like you could have been born 50 years ago. You could have been born 2000 years ago, but you weren't. You were born for this season. So in this season, there is a purpose for your life. There is a purpose that you're coming to, a problem you're coming to solve. You are the answer to someone. You are the answer for someone. And so when you're not walking in your purpose, when you're not walking in your changes and the things that you need to do, when you don't get up that 10th time and you just lounge on the floor and say, I quit, that's it. There is a group of people, hundreds of thousands of people, we don't know, that are waiting for you, but you don't arrive. You never show up because you keep giving up. You keep listening to the naysayers around you, the people who have become comfortable with your excellence. Because see, here's the thing that I learned. If you ever have a moment to read The Big Leap, please do. Because he talks about the zone of genius. A lot of people never make it to the zone of genius because they're comfortable in the zone of excellence. Now, when we hear excellence, we're like, yes, that's what we strive and attain to. No, that's still a comfort zone. See, what I've learned about the giftings of God is they're uncomfortable. <laughs> they're, they're, they don't fit. They make you stand out. They make you heads and shoulders above people. And a lot of people are not comfortable with that light. It's not to say you should be prideful or egotistical. Just know that God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you and you have to walk it out. And his plan and his purpose don't keep you in silence. They don't allow you to not step on people's toes. There are times that you don't even say a word to a person. You don't even announce who you are, or what you've got going on or what you're doing. But the light of God shines so bright that people need shades around you. And they're sitting here like, oh, who does she think she is or who does he think he is? Why are they acting this way? Why are they being that way? And so a lot of us like to fade into the background because we don't want to cause people to see us differently. We want to blend in. We want to fit in. We don't want to be less than people, but we don't want to be more than them either because now they're going to look at us like, who are you to deserve this opportunity? Who are you to deserve that position? Who are you to deserve that that um, income, that money that's coming into you? Who are you that deserves that? And they begin to look at you and you don't want that look. You would rather blend in so people aren't mad at you. They're not jealous of you. They're not envious of you. They're not irritated with you. You would rather blend in and miss the opportunity, miss the blessing, instead of just walking out what God has for you. Well, that season is done. If you are really serious about changing, 
You have to get comfortable with people telling you to quit, that you can't make it when you first stumble. You may not know all the information you need to know right now, but the more you begin walking in faith, the more you continue to do things, the more information you will receive, the more doors will open, the more um, things become clear to you. So we don't know all the answers in the beginning. And I know God is strategic with that because if he told you some of the things you had to go through in order to get to your zone of genius, if he told you all the things you had to go through to get to your purpose, to accomplish things, to be successful, to be victorious, you wouldn't do it. So because he knows who his babies are, he doesn't tell you. He just says, take step one. And you're like, but what's step three, five, seven, nine? And you're like, no information. He just said, take one step, go through step one. And so you go through step one. And as you're going through step one or you complete step one, then step two is revealed and you continue on. It's not till you get towards the middle. The middle is so hard. It's when you get in that middle area where things aren't comfortable anymore. It's almost like you're walking that tightrope and you know how you're in the middle when you're at the circus and you watch them like on both sides of the tightrope, there's a ledge and they can stand on that ledge and they're safe and secure because they're not fully on the tightrope. But in the middle of the tightrope, when they're walking, there's no net, there's no bed, there's no mattress, there's nothing to catch them. So if they fall in the middle, it's going to hurt because they have nothing to land on. Well, that's where you are in life. In the middle, it's uncomfortable because you have nothing to land on. It gets real hot and heavy because you honestly 100% have to trust God. You have to trust your ability. You have to trust your capability. You have to trust your skills, your mindset, your knowledge, your wisdom. You have to trust you in the middle. And a lot of us don't trust us because we still think we are who we used to be 20 years ago, or we're still the person that messed up, or we're still the person that fell and failed. That's who we believe we are, even though we are given a new opportunity, a new chance. We can change. We hold on to the old, the past, what we knew, because we're so afraid and frightened and fearful of moving into the unknown. So I say to you today, even though you may have crows around you that are laughing in your face or behind your back, that are criticizing and critiquing you and they're making you feel bad, ignore them. Put a distance between you and them. There are times you have to shut people down. You have to shut them off. Their opinions do not matter to where you're going. Because if you feed into their opinions of you and their ideas about how you're going to fail, you will never progress. You will never move on. And that was not God's intention when he placed you into your mother's womb. When he placed you where you were placed, there was a purpose for your life. And so because of that purpose, you must go forward. You must move in the destiny that is preordained for you, not just ordained, but was preordained for you before you were even a thought. You had a mission. So here you are in this time, in this season, 
you need to walk out that mission. You need to walk out your co-mission, okay? So this conversation is just a talk to get you to see some things that you may have fallen in, you may have failed at, but it does not take away that you have a purpose and that it's a season for claiming your purpose, not just with your mouth, not just in your mind, not just in your heart, but in your action and in your activity. It's time to start walking out the things that you've been promised, the things that God is trying to manifest in your life. I know you have not seen them. I know it's unimaginable, especially when you failed before. But here is your season of faith walking. I like to call it the water walk season. This is the season when you're going to be like Peter and come out the boat and walk towards Jesus. But this, you're not going to take your eyes off of God. You're going to continue looking at him and his promises and continue to walk forward. Here's the thing. When Peter started drowning, I'm sure there was an apostle, a disciple or two that were like, teehee, that's what he gets for trying to think he was Jesus. I'm pretty sure that there were critics. But guess what? They stayed in the boat. They didn't even give themselves an opportunity to have that faith walk. They didn't give themselves an opportunity to do something that no human had ever done before. So why are you listening to people who aren't doing what you are ordained and preordained to do? Why are you listening to people who are safe in their four walls? Why are you listening to people who are safe in the boat, critiquing and criticizing you? When they have yet to walk in their purpose, when they have done nothing that they were called to do, that they are taking the easy way out, that they are staying comfortable in their area and position. Why are you listening to them? They know the comfort way. They know the the easier way. They know the don't take a chance way. They know the I'm not going to fail at this way. That's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to do something unprecedented. You're trying to do something never before done. So why are you listening to people who've never before done anything? We've got to get out of the mindset of talking to people who have not dreamed, who have not lived the dream, who have not written the vision, who have not taken strides to accomplish the vision. So get away from them turkeys and go find you some eagles. You may not find anyone in your area. You may not find anyone doing what you're doing because you're the trailblazer. So it hasn't been done. But you can find people who have been trailblazers in their own areas. You can find people who have been trailblazers in some part of something to align yourself with and to glean from. It's time to fly with eagles. It's time to stop playing with turkeys. They get beheaded and taken apart on Thanksgiving. That's not what you want. You don't want to abort your calling. You don't want your mission to be killed. You want to soar. You want to fly. You want to achieve. You want to succeed. So as we're changing, change who's around you. Change who's in your earpiece. Change who you're telling your dream to. There are dream killers. Just like there are trailblazers, there are dream killers out there that would destroy every idea you had, 
and make you sit behind a desk that you hate sitting in. Do you know, I had a supervisor one time tell me, I told her, I hate being an administrative assistant, an executive assistant, office manager, office assistant. I hate it because it was something I was supposed to do for a season to help me build up money to walk into my calling. I didn't know it at the time. Of course, I got that information after a time. And I shared with her because she's a wise, seasoned woman of God. And I see I shared with her my season of being an administrative assistant was up because I now despised the thing that brought me up out of situations that I was in. But it was now something I abhorred, I hated, I disliked, I no longer wanted it. And do you know what she said to me? This wise woman said to me, no, you don't. Get back in love with it. It's what you are called to do. And I knew at that point to never share a dream, a vision, an idea with her because she couldn't see past the job I was doing. See, when I said I hated it, I meant that. It wasn't just because I was having a rough patch. This was years in the making and why I walked away from jobs and why I got sick and why I was stressed and why I went to the hospital and why I had to go to the doctor and why I was put on blood pressure medication because of the tension and stress I had sitting at a desk I no longer liked. I didn't belong in, but I was scared. So being an admin was my crutch, was my cushion, was my safe place. But my safe place turned on me because I was out of order. I was out of position. I wasn't supposed to be doing it anymore. And so I was suffering at the hands of it. And I don't know about you, but when something causes me to suffer, I don't stay friends with it. If someone is hurting me, I'm not going to stay around you too much longer because you're sucking the life out of me, killing me. So why am I going to allow you to cause me death? I hated it. I hated answering phones. I hated typing letters. I hated proofreading things. Hated it. And when I finally got the strength, the security, and the power to admit it, I was shut down. And I could have been the person who I had been for 25 plus years and said, okay, you're right. I'm wrong. It's just a day, bad day. Let me keep doing it. And for 25 plus more years, I could have continued doing the thing that was sucking the life out of me that I was hating, that was taking away from the things that I needed to be doing. I could have stayed there. But I walked away. Let me tell you the crazy thing, though. Though I walked away from that position, when I went to look for jobs, I went to look for jobs right in that same area. I figured some money is better than no money. 
stress money is better than less money right had all these sayings and cliches and I was wonderful and doing well but God intervened thank God for God you know we always think thank him for the things he gives us Sometimes we need to thank him for the things he tells us no to, that he takes away from us, that he doesn't allow in our area. Let me tell you why. Because when he said no, when I had that feeling of hatred for the job I had been doing for 25 plus years, he didn't allow me to go back. And every time I would fill out an application, interview, I wouldn't get the position. When I was qualified, I wouldn't get the position. This is just 2020. I'm not talking about years and years ago. I'm talking about right here, right now. I would get so hurt and frustrated. Like, I need the money. I need this. And and, and God was silent. And in his silence, I had to think. (laughs) And as I was thinking, I was reminded, why am I going back to the position I hate? I just said out of my own mouth, I hate being an administrative assistant, but yet I'm going back. It would have been different if I still loved it. It would have been different if I still liked it. It would have been different if I still felt blessed by it. But the mere fact that I felt like it was sucking the life out of me should have told me, leave it alone. But sometimes... We go back to what's familiar, what's comfortable when we're fearful because we don't know what direction to go in. And that's to say nothing about administrative assistance or the position, because I loved the position for many years. It blessed me many, 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 many years. And I admire anyone who can be anybody's assistant because it's not. It's one of the hardest jobs to do because you're essentially doing your supervisor's job and making them look good for way less pay and for way less accolades. Sometimes they don't even say thank you. But because of you, you're the reason they still have their position. So God bless anyone who's an assistant, any kind of assistant. You are necessary and needed. And I was necessary and needed in that role for a period of time. It was not my lifetime career. It was my get to the next level, stock up, save some money, which I didn't do that. I had been warned, but I didn't listen because a time was coming where I would have to walk away from it and never eat from it again. That time was 2020. And it continues. I can't go back to it as much as I want to, as much as I try. I just I cannot I don't know. I can't explain it to you. When you are doing something you dislike doing, it is the worst feeling in the world. You feel out of character. You feel, I can't, only if you're in a situation like that can I explain it to you. You get headaches. You don't want to go to work in the morning. You find all kinds of excuses to lollygag and get there at the last minute. You know traffic is going to be such and such a way, but you just keep pressing the snooze button. You walk in and you already feel gloom and doom. You sit down. You don't want anyone to talk to you. You don't want anyone to be bothered with you. You know what it is when you're not supposed to be somewhere. You ignore it just like I ignored it because it gives you a paycheck because it allows you to feel like you're accomplishing something. 
But what good is accomplishing something that's not what you're supposed to be accomplishing? You're wasting time. And time is something we, one, can never get back, and two, is not promised. So I'm urging you today, I am causing an unction in you (laughs) to walk into your purpose. Make some changes. Do something that you have been wanting to do. Do it now. I talk about these things in 31 Ways to Self-Care. Because self-care is important. And one of the factors of self-caring, caring for yourself, is being in a position, in a place, in a space that you desire to be in. You cause yourself so much stress. Stress is the number one killer of people. Yeah, it shows itself as a heart attack. Yeah, it shows itself as a stroke. Yeah, it shows itself as a mental breakdown. But it's stress. Leg pain, leg swell, diabetes, cancer, all irritated by stress. Number one killer. Yet we welcome stress into our daily lives by not fighting for ourselves, not fighting for our dreams, not fighting for our success. So I'm here to push you today to fight. Get up that 10th time. Get up that 20th time. Get up that hundredth time. Continue getting up until you no longer fall. Until you are walking in your purpose, in your dream, in your vision, in your success. I'm going to check in with you. We'll be talking about other things throughout the weeks. But I will always come back to make sure you're walking in your purpose. That you are seeing the vision Not only making it plain by writing it down, but actually putting action behind it. It's your call. It's your assignment. It's your destiny. Walk into it. Thank you so much for tuning in to Straight Talk with Andrea Joyce this week. I know it wasn't an easy message. It wasn't easy for me because I got reminded of some things that I had forgotten. Please, if you are able, go ahead and purchase... 31 ways to self-care or and or (laughs) five steps to overcoming unforgiveness and or seeing past the storm my new baby that just released last week the 20th i appreciate you so much they're available on my website www.authorandreajoyce.com that's for a personalized copy i will sign all copies that are purchased through my website. Um, And also, I have a contest that ends on the 31st. So if you purchase a book before July 31st, you'll be entered into the 31 Ways giveaway, which is receiving giftings for self-care. It's baskets of love, baskets of care. And you would want this basket. Um, There are three winners. When I tell you I want the basket for myself, I'm trying to figure out how to cheat. (laughs) But you would want to be entered into that. But if it's after the 31st, that's fine. The books will help to stimulate you to success. That is my whole purpose for writing, to share with you in order that you may be healed, that you may be delivered, and that you may be set free. God bless you, and I'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.